Welcome to a Skim This special report. The Supreme Court has overturned Roe v. Wade, which guaranteed a woman's right to an abortion prior to the viability of the fetus. The vote was five to four. Abortion has long been a contentious political issue in the United States. But according to the Pew Research Center, 61% of Americans say abortion should be legal in all or most circumstances. And abortion is an issue that affects a lot of the population. According to one study, nearly one in four women in the United States will have an abortion by the age of 45. Now, this monumental decision, which we got a preview of in May, has set off shockwaves in the United States. People have been guaranteed the right to an abortion for almost 50 years, and this is a groundbreaking reversal of a constitutional right. In the wake of this decision, pro-abortion rights people in this country are scared, nervous, and uncertain about what the future holds, while anti-abortion groups are celebrating a long-fought battle to strip away abortion access in this country. Today, we're going to break down what we learned from the court ruling and what happens next. First, let's talk about that decision. Here to help are two legal experts and friends of the show, Seema Mohapatra and Caroline Polisi. Mohapatra is a professor at Southern Methodist University's Dedman School of Law, and Polisi is a lecturer in law at Columbia University. Polisi told us, the final decision we got today written by Justice Samuel Alito, was basically a mirror image of the leaked draft we got a peek of last month. Basically, the majority repeated what they had said in the leaked opinion, which was that Roe, when it was decided over 50 years ago, was a badly reasoned decision, and that this idea that there is a right to an abortion in the Constitution based on a right to privacy— is wrong and was wrong then, and now it is being overturned. As a reminder, the argument from the majority here is basically that because abortion wasn't mentioned in the Constitution, it shouldn't be a constitutionally protected right. Mohapatra noted there is something different about this final version. Justice Clarence Thomas also wrote his own opinion, called a concurrence, where he basically went a step further than the opinion Alito wrote. What is new is the fact that we have a concurrence from Justice Thomas, which means that he agrees with the majority decision, but not in the reasoning. And according to Justice Thomas, this opinion did not go far enough and that the court should reconsider decisions that it made in other cases involving gay marriage involving contraception, involving if you can have sex with a same-sex person. And so Justice Thomas is encouraging the court to go further in future decisions, even as Justice Alito tries to cabin this decision only to abortion. Meanwhile, the court's three liberal justices co-authored a dissent that served more as a warning. The dissenters, which are the liberal justices, make clear that after this opinion that women are second-class citizens, the words they use are quite striking. Basically, that women from the moment of fertilization lack rights compared to men. And they say that there's a slippery slope where basically states can have 
restrictions on abortion without any kind of exceptions for rape, incest, for the health of the pregnant woman, you know, that there's really no cabining this decision and that states might even restrict a person in their state from going to another state for seeking an abortion. The fact that at the moment of fertilization, a state can ban abortion. There's nothing in this decision that says otherwise. So it's quite striking to know how far the dissent thinks that this opinion goes, which, you know, would be consistent with my read of it. Polisi pointed out this ruling is also notable because of other decisions the court released this week. Specifically, a decision we got about gun rights yesterday. Yesterday, the ruling was essentially, well, well, states cannot be left to regulate the Second Amendment in this certain instance with respect to granting concealed carries or, or allowing people that already have the right to own a gun to putting limitations on where they can carry the gun. And then, you know, Fast forward to today, when the court is essentially saying we're not going to be the ones to uphold a constitutional right at a federal level, it has to go to the states. The difference, obviously, is that the Supreme Court identifies and acknowledges the Second Amendment as you know being a constitutional right, the right to bear arms. And here they are essentially saying that there is no constitutional right to have an abortion. So if you're seeing people on your Instagram feed say that guns have more rights than women, that is why. Okay, so what happens next? Big picture, abortion has gone from being a federally guaranteed right to one that's up to individual states. And in a post-Roe America, abortion access will be dictated by geography and socioeconomic status. You can think about abortion access now in roughly three buckets. States where abortion is now illegal, states where abortion access could be scaled back a lot and potentially illegal soon, and states where abortion access will remain unchanged. In the first bucket, 13 states have trigger laws that automatically outlaw abortion if the Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade. Those states include Arkansas, Idaho, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, North Dakota, South Dakota, Tennessee, Utah, Texas, Oklahoma, and Wyoming. So in those states, abortion will be illegal within days. And the punishments for providers who still perform abortions are varied, from fines to prison time. In total, up to 26 states, which includes about half the population of women of reproductive age, have laws restricting or banning abortion. Meanwhile, 16 states, including California, Illinois, New York, Colorado, and Vermont, are protecting the right to an abortion. And some of those states have also recently passed new measures that would strengthen abortion protections. Like in Connecticut and Washington, where legislation protects abortion providers and patients from out-of-state laws. We know that this is a lot of info to process and that you might not have a map in front of you. We'll leave a link to the complete skim guide on where access has changed in our show notes. Zooming out, the new reality is this. Many people who could receive an abortion yesterday in their state can't today. And that may result in more forced pregnancies and unsafe abortions. A post-Roe America will be different for everyone. And the effect of the Supreme Court's decision will disproportionately be felt by lower-income women and Black and Hispanic women, 
who may not have the money or time to travel to another state. It's much more dangerous to have a child in the United States than to have an abortion. We know that that's also racially differentiated. We know that for Black women, women of color, it's much higher risk of dying during pregnancy. And so forced pregnancy has differential effects. But then this law right now actually is going to have impact for all people that can become pregnant that might have any kinds of complications. And we've seen this in other countries. We saw this in Poland. We saw this in Ireland where people that were having a miscarriage that died. That is how their abortion laws actually got passed because there was such outrage about the lack of treatment. And I, I fear that we're going to be seeing stories like this all over this country after this point. And Polisi noted, in addition to affecting health care and health outcomes, Americans could also face complicated legal consequences. I want to be really clear. A lot of analysts are saying, well, this now just goes back to the states to decide. There will be farther reaching consequences. Some states want to criminalize not only the act of an abortion, but anybody aiding and abetting or helping somebody obtain an abortion or crossing state lines, it will have effects that ripple across this country, to be sure. And the disproportionate effect will be on minority women, black and brown women, lower income women that don't have the resources to travel out of state or pay out of pocket for the health care that they desperately need. For people who are able to travel, they may find that abortion clinics in states that haven't banned the procedure are overwhelmed and that there's increased demand and fewer appointments. Though we'll also point out, clinics in those states have been preparing for this moment and are staffing up. Another abortion option that may become more popular in the wake of this decision is medication abortion, which you might know as the abortion pill method. Medication abortions accounted for more than half of the abortions in the U.S. in 2020, and people can get those pills from a medical professional or a telehealth company. Conservative states have tried to crack down on the use of abortion pills, but some experts say that may not be so easy, even post-Roe. These pills can get mailed to individuals from out of state or out of the country and can be harder to track. So medication abortion may become a more popular extra-legal option. It's hard to predict how many ripple effects this decision will have. But it's safe to say it'll impact everything from the economy to health outcomes in this country. And it also leaves other rights vulnerable, like contraception, fertility options, marriage rights, and more. Because, according to our experts, the court isn't sticking to precedent. So now, nothing is off the table. This essentially eviscerated not only the right to an abortion, but, you know, Thomas wrote a concurrence that made it very clear that he would like to see other substantive due process rights be on the chopping block as well. And make no mistake about it, this is not the end of this legal argument. We call it a slippery slope. It really is at this point. The right to contraception recognized in Griswold versus Connecticut, that grows out of the same jurisprudence as this right to privacy, as we saw in Roe v. Wade, same-sex marriage, LGBTQ rights. I mean, all of these things now are really at issue, and we will see a slew of litigation in the upcoming years. 
Following this decision, more people will also likely be talking about what role the Supreme Court should be playing in our lives. We have five people that were able to make the decision. And the reality is that the majority of those that were making that decision were appointed by a president that did not receive the popular vote in this country. And so that means they were appointed by people that were not, you know, in the choice of the majority of the people. And so when we talk about our democratic institutions and like, oh, well, we should just elect different people, we have a system that is anti-democratic. And we have a system where in so many states, things are so gerrymandered that even if you vote, the majority of the people's opinion is not what's going to be necessarily deciding what happens. And we know the majority of the United States is in support of some kind of abortion, including in red states. However, that is not reflected at all. This day and this decision has brought up a lot of different emotions for people. But Mohapatra reminded us the fight for abortion rights is far from over, even if it may feel like an uphill battle. I think that this might wake up the public in knowing that things that they might have taken for granted are not guaranteed and people might be more politically engaged because anybody that's shocked by this opinion should not be. Remember the people that were seeking to overturn abortion access have tried for 50 years. Unfortunately, in order to restore access to these rights, that might be how long we're looking at as well. With one 213-page document, America is fundamentally different now. The skim will keep you updated as the effects of this decision play out. And we also want to hear from you. How are you thinking about a post-Roe America? Call and leave us a voicemail at 929-266-4381. Skim This will be back in your feed again next Thursday.